What would you say you do here? Have a good time all the time. Who's got it better than us? Nobody! What in God's holy name are you blathering about? I'll tell you what I'm blathering about. I've got information, man. I want you to be realistic. What do you love about music? I am being realistic. As the story grows. location at Double Decker Records, uh, and I'm talking to the owner, Jamie. Uh, how you doing? Good, how are you? Thanks for having me in here early. No problem. Um, kind of got to uh, see the place with nobody else in it. This is nice. It's nice and uh, nice and dark and quiet in here. Yes, and cold. Very cold. And very cold. I like that. <laughs> I can deal with that. So um, I'm, I'm uh, kind of, I have a goal with this podcast, too. I'm talking to whoever I know and whoever I get connected to through music folks and everything, but I also am trying to pull local people to the attention of the internet because, you know, you can have a kid in Nicaragua hear about this way to the egress or, you know, I just talked to Secret Cutter and you're, you're kind of like my third local installment and I want to talk to other local folks. And I thought, um, uh, my, my, my co-host, uh, Steven can't be with us obviously cause he's not standing here. Mm-hmm. Um, him and I are, he's, he's a legitimate vinyl nerd. I'm a, I'm a, I once was, mm-hmm. and then I got rid of it. I flushed it with the digital thing, mm-hmm. and then now I've come back to it. I saw the light again, so to speak. We talk about vinyl all the time. We talk about tangible, owning the, you know, owning, actually having music in your hand and everything. And and it just kind of hit me. I've been buying records from this dude since I was 20, mm-hmm. you know. I should go talk to him because, man, there are more record shop disaster stories out there than there are success stories. Mm-hmm. And I'm standing in a record shop that's going to open in an hour. So I wanted to talk to you from the beginning. How did you get started? Where where did this all, where did Double Decker come from? What's your what's your backstory? Have you lived here your whole life? Just just start babbling. All right. The uh, basic backstory. It all started, I guess, basically when I was in high school. I was best friends with a band. Um, I didn't play anything, but I hung out with them all the time. What would, band's that? Uh, they were called Introspect. Okay. Bucks County Band. Okay. So that also leads into the fact I wasn't, I didn't grow up in Lehigh Valley. I grew up uh, like Bucks County, Newtown area. Gotcha. And basically, um, my friends were a band. I went with them. They played shows. We made demo tapes. I somehow took the role of just kind of, it's high school stuff, but it was kind of like management, but it's not really because it's just kind of for fun, but whatever. I was there, right. friends. And so I'd make their demo tapes for them. And then I got in a car accident. Um had to sue the guy because he wouldn't get my car fixed. It was his fault. And so basically after everything was said and done, I had, I think, $1,800 after everything was said and done, I got my car fixed. So I put out a 7-inch. Big by, spender. Yeah. Well, I put out, I was, gave me enough to put out a 7-inch by the band. Okay. So I started a label with a bass player from the band, and we had a small label for, it wasn't that long, a couple years maybe, put out four, I think four 7-inches on that label. What label is that? It's called Fountainhead. But this, this is going back to like 1990. Four ninety five, so it's been it's been a while. Okay, um, and then basically I moved to New Jersey for a while. Didn't want to do it anymore. Blah blah blah. blah. And uh, 
um, then I started up doing a doing like a distro set. Well, I was doing that whole time. I was doing a distro before that, you know, selling stuff at the shows and mm-hmm. um, it just kind of grew from there. And then I uh, partnered up uh, um, with someone else and then kept doing the distro, distro, distro. And then it grew into a, grew into a store eventually in 96. So moved up here in 96 and opened up the shop in November 96. Across the street. Uh, actually, there's a location before that. This is the third location. The first location was around the corner from that. It's a little tiny, it's a little bodega now, a little corner store. And right. it was like, you know, 250 square feet maybe, probably smaller than that. And, you know, the rent, I think at the time, was $225 a month. And it was like sweating bullets each month to make rent. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> right. Yeah. yeah. So being from Bucks County uh, and then moving to Jersey and then doing the distro thing and everything, what made you pick Allentown? Why didn't you set up camp in Newtown? Basically, Allentown was, it was completely logistical. It was, sounds kind of weird, but literally looked at a map, and at that time, I used to travel far to go to record stores, like good record stores, I would travel for them. Like, one of my favorite stores at the time was this place called Vinyl Inc. It was in Maryland, you know, outside of D.C., okay. and I think it was in Silver, Silver Spring. It's been a long time. I mean, the, the owner, it's been closed down for a long time. The owner passed away years ago, okay. and I love that store, and it was, you know, almost a three-hour ride, and... I would go down there a few times a year. I would make the trip back then. So I figured if, you know, and all my friends would do the same thing. So I figured, well, other people do this too, obviously, because I would bump into people around, going to shows, going to punk hardcore shows, whatever. I would see kids that I knew in, like, I'd bump into them in record stores, like, far away from home. And I'm like, hey, what are you doing here? And they, you know, they they were from New Jersey. I was living in PA and then would run into each other in, like, you know, Connecticut or wherever. And I'm like, okay, so we all kind of traveled a little bit and uh, looked at a map and said, hey. It's easy to get here from almost anywhere in New Jersey, yep. Philly, New York, Scranton, Wilkes-Barre. Like, within within an hour and a half, you can be a lot of places being in Lehigh Valley. It's pretty centrally located. Yep. So, and the rents were cheap. There wasn't uh, there wasn't a record store like that in Allentown. I mean, Bethlehem, you had Play It Again, but we were doing some, you know, something a little more, little more hardcore, you know, indie emo. They were a little more, you know punk garage at the time so there's just enough where pop punk that they were a little different yeah so there wasn't a ton of crossover and and yeah that's uh logistics and rent location yeah. location location yeah it might not have been the best location but it suited it suited our needs at the time because it was yeah cheap and easy to get to Picked Allentown because of the location, mm-hmm. and um, you're from Bucks County, Newtown. I, I get what you're saying about the long travel. I never drove three hours to a record shop. Yeah, yeah. But I I was actually seeing a girl at Ryder University. Okay, yeah, yeah. And um, long time ago. Yeah. And uh, another lifetime ago. Mm-hmm. And um, while while down there, the the uh, Ryder University um, radio station, mm-hmm. One of the guys that she was buddies with was like, you've been to Princeton Record Exchange. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. No. So yeah. you're not far from it. Yeah, yeah. So I wandered down to Princeton Record Exchange, fell in love with that place, mm-hmm, and, mm-hmm. and made a couple of treks down there. I went down as recently as I think a year ago or something, just mm-hmm. to say I went down, yeah. couldn't find anything I was madly in love with, but yeah. just, just the journey, just yeah. the trip down there. Yeah. Princeton's a rad little town. Too, yeah, I used there. to, when I lived in Jersey, I lived 20 minutes from there, maybe. Okay. And they're part of the reason why I dropped out of college because instead of going to class, I'd go to Princeton Record Exchange. Mm-hmm. And I would, <laughs> I had a conversion van at the time because I was driving around with bands and stuff. Mm-hmm. So, you know, I'd go to cut class, go to Princeton, blow all my money, then go sleep in the back of the van in a random parking lot and not go to class. And that, you know, do that for three or four weeks on end. You know, tend not to, uh, tend to flunk out of college. How's, how's the GPA working out? <laughs> yeah. Uh, it's pretty piss poor. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. yeah. It's pretty poor. It's pretty poor. Yeah. yeah. You can't, uh, you know, you don't have to show up every day, but you got to show up sometime. Right. Yeah. Eventually. Right. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Where were you going to school? What were you going for? It was a uh, rider and I had no idea why I was going there. No kidding. Yeah. You're yeah. a rider? That's yeah, yeah. funny. How, how yeah. funny is that? Yeah. What year? 
Uh, let's see, that would have been, I would have started in fall of 92, and I completed the first semester. Then the second semester, I failed out, went to the dean with a big sob story, got back in for the third, for the, this would be the second year. So it would have only been my second semester, technically, because the first semester didn't count, and I just stopped going again. Okay, so, yeah, gotcha. Yeah. I missed you. Yeah. Uh, I wasn't, I wasn't yeah. tooling around there until, I don't know, whatever, it doesn't matter. Yeah. Wow, what a small world. So I want to talk to you about um, going back to what I said uh, about people not making it. Mm-hmm. Um, you can go online and look at a lot of a lot of cities are just like kind of losing their identity because mm-hmm. they used to have these little everybody pictures the shop looking like uh, Champion Records in high fidelity. Yeah, yeah, totally. I mean? Yeah. And when you lose something like that, it doesn't look important until it's not there. Mm-hmm. You know. And I I've I uh, I moved up here from Norristown when I was three. Okay. And uh, I've been a Lehigh Valley guy my whole life. Double Decker has always been, I mean, you know, to the age, I, I wasn't, I wasn't frequenting record shops when I was 15. I mm-hmm. was frequenting them when I was 25, you mm-hmm. know, but you've been around. Um, I got introduced. I think the first place that I started going to on a regular basis was Young Ones. Okay. Yeah. Kutztown. Yeah. Cause going out to Kutztown yeah. and, uh, and, and play it again is mm-hmm. still there. Yeah. I feel like the Lehigh Valley kind of hasn't gotten hit that hard. Yeah. Not now. I mean, I'm speaking out of school here yeah, because yeah. I wasn't trying to pay your bills. You well, were, no, totally, you know? totally. Yeah, yeah. But but the Lehigh Valley stayed afloat with its whole indie rock, punk rock scene. We've always had a scene around here. Mm-hmm. It's always been weird. I always felt like we laid a little heavy into the metal side too. Mm-hmm. You know, we we're pretty mm-hmm. metal area. But our record shops survived. Mm-hmm. And now I see them popping up more. Mm-hmm. Now there's something called used grooves in Easton. Yep. I don't yep. know anything about it. Yeah. Uh, wh- what was it like? To ride the vinyl is kind of on its way out, but a shop can survive. I mean, it went obsolete in like I think '88 is when they were like, it's "Here's dead. a compact disc, you're yeah. done." You know, yeah. But you, you, you stayed afloat. But I mean, there was also there was nobody buying records in 2006, right? I mean, it was very few people were buying. I mean, there was a handful of people, and it was. The underground stuff, still the punk and the hardcore. Sure, you still right. had people who preferred that, but. CDs were definitely king. I mean, it was sure. new releases would come out, and when I first opened up, and when, when was the first few years, I noticed that I would sell seven inches, would sell very well, and CDs, LPs, not so much. Hmm. If it, and it seems kind of weird at the time, but that's how it worked. If you could get it on CD, most people pref- would prefer the CD, but people collected seven inches. Mm-hmm. So that was kind of the the business at the time, and then. Um, I moved up to the third location, I believe it was, I think it was 2004, in the, in the current location, and um, tons and tons of CDs. I mean, 10,000 titles on CDs. The whole center of the store was nothing but new releases, and mostly, you know, based in indie stuff, underground stuff, you know, punk, metal, hardcore, whatever, and, I mean, new releases, there were certain new releases that would come out, we'd order 50, 100 of, because we are selling that quantity of certain things, right. and... I noticed it started dropping. It got worse and worse and worse. And then, I don't remember what year it was. It was probably around like 06, 07 maybe, that it got to the point where a band that was wildly popular, their first their first release, or I should say their second release, I ordered you know 50 CDs and I sold them in, in like the first two weeks. Mm-hmm. I ordered five of their next release and the band's just as popular. It took, after a month, I still had three left, and I said, oh, what's going on here? But I sold almost 100 copies on vinyl, so everything was shifting. So I just kind of noticed a general uh, downturn in the CDs, and I stopped. And I stopped kind of early, stopped ordering new ones. And I had a lot of people come in, like, what are you doing? Like, how can you do this? And, I'm, and I was telling them, it's over. Now, being that we were selling mostly underground what's stuff. What's over? CDs were over. I said, it's over. I said, CDs are done. Hey, man, take it. It's free. Enjoy it, because they're Over. Over. And this was like, I can't remember the exact year, but it was either 2000, it had to be 2007, 2008 at the latest. And people were like, you're crazy. Like, what are you going to, you're going to make it on vinyl? And I said, I don't know, but I said, I'm ordering CDs and they're not going anywhere. And I said, you know, no, I'm not getting the people coming in. I mean, I have people come in like, you know, once a month or so and they'd pick up, you know, you know, $100, $200 stack of CDs. And I'm like, that's done. The only people that are doing that was metal. I had a few guys coming in buying piles of metal, so they were loyal. But what I, what I kind of realized is, for what I was specializing in, it was underground stuff that was mostly purchased by college-age kids. Colleges were the first ones to have the fast internet connections. Well, most people still had dial-up at home. 
they got these crazy D, you know, T1 lines or whatever at the time. Okay. And they could right. actually download a CD in, in a couple of minutes. Where, like, at home, it would take a long time if, you, if you're trying to download and file share and stuff. Yeah. So okay. that's when I, I really started to notice that they had the faster internet speeds and they were the ones because they were just sharing. They were file sharing everything. And, uh, okay. you know, like the, the average Joe at home, you know, like, it sounds crazy because to think this way, but it wasn't that long ago when we all didn't have, you know, there wasn't, you know, cable internet or DSL everywhere right where it was fast. You know, I mean, it's it's crazy how fast we all got used to how fast the internet is, but it wasn't yeah. in the mid 2000s. And, but it was at colleges because for research and whatever, for the library department and stuff, they had crazy stuff. So, and since that's the crowd I was catering to, they didn't need what I had anymore. Uh-huh. So then it kind of went to, they don't need to buy a CD. You have to want to buy a CD. And honestly, a CD's not exciting. No, it's I not. mean, it's, it's a, it's, it's very, not, it's very utilitarian. Yeah. And yeah. there's no, if you don't need to buy it or you don't have to have it, why buy it? I mean, you know, right. at least with a record, you got something, you get, it's something tangible. There's a whole, you know, whatever the cover, the artwork, the inserts, the bonus crap they put in there, the, yeah. the colored vinyl, the choosing the side, which side you play. I mean, there's so many tangible things to it. Like, you know, tactile things you can do with a record that a CD is just cold and they're all uniform pretty much. It's, yeah. it's totally boring. Yep. I, uh, I have to laugh. I'm, I'm grinning because I, I, I'm, I'm just remembering my, um, my cousin going through the whole, like, when no one was buying vinyl. He was like, this is great. Vinyl is so cheap now. Yeah, oh yeah. No one's buying it. Oh yeah. Uh, the turn time when a band wants to put out vinyl, which was like practically nobody, uh, the turn time was down. It wasn't mm-hmm. that difficult. Hey, no problem. Uh, this is great for me, you know. He stuck. Lo- he stayed loyal. I was giving him records because mm-hmm. I was like, dude, I don't even have a record player right now. Mm-hmm. Here, take this nine inch. I gave him nine inch nails downward spiral. I'm still kicking myself in the ass for that. Yeah, yeah. But um, I was I was just like, I'm going digital. I want to squeeze everything into my pocket because this is great. I can now carry uh, my entire record collection. And 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 what happens when you have access to everything is you don't listen to anything. Yeah. You listen oh, to the yeah. same four damn albums anyway. Totally. Yeah. I do it now. Yeah. You know, I purposely bought a small 16 gig iPhone 6 because yeah. I was like, I don't want to carry half of my damn record collection around because you have option paralysis. You stand there all day scrolling, 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 trying to decide what to do. Oh, yeah. I love the fact that it's like, I'm going to leaf through here and make a decision and I'm committing to this mm-hmm. and I can't leave the room because, you know, in about, in about 18 minutes, I got to go over and flip the damn thing. You know what I mean? But I think it's, I think it's interesting that you stayed afloat and, and another thing, and this isn't a comparison, like here's what you did versus another place. Mm-hmm. You did kind of stay the course with music. You never got heavily into merch. I mm-hmm. remember across the street, yeah. uh, I'm still kicking myself. You had the "This is not a Fugazi" shirt hanging in oh, your shop, nice, and yeah. I walked on it. I yeah, yeah, have bought yeah, the yeah. damn shirt because yeah. they don't exist anymore unless it's a reprint. But um, you never really got heavily into merch. Uh, I know young ones does a lot of they they. I mean, they sell shoes. I I used to do a little bit. Of that. There was a time period where I did that. Part of it was because I was trying to be like the complete like alternative type oh, shop. Rock, stop. And right. I had this back then. I had the space because I wasn't doing a, a million used records. I was more narrow on what I was carrying. So I had I didn't even, I didn't know how to fill the space, right. which is crazy in my mind now. Because I mean, this shop's twice as big as the other one, and I, I could I could go twice again as big because I'm totally out of room. But yeah, yeah I mean, I, that's one thing I fought. I notice a lot of stores nowadays. You go in, I mean, go go into the chain, go into Fye, go into the mall store. And I mean, look how small their CD section has become, and look how much you know just posters and like knickknacks and like you know plush toys and movie tie-ins and just like novelty stuff they carry that they you know basically had almost none of you know 15 20 years ago and then right. now it's it's the store's half novelty junk it's like spencer gifts and cds you know that's what it's turned into those yeah type of places yeah speaking of um yeah. i thought i just saw a tweet <laughs> sound like a, such a hipster i speaking of i saw a tweet yeah. i think barnes and noble is doing vinyl now yeah i had a customer tell me they have big signs of vinyl 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 and they got tons of new stuff but i mean it's all it's all new vinyl and they have tons of like the crosley record players which you know are you know not one of my favorite things because they break all the time and they're pretty yeah. chin- chintzy but uh yeah, yeah but uh they have like I saw their their front their front selection was like a Coldplay, mm-hmm. uh, Rush of Blood to the Head or whatever, and and uh, Sergeant Pepper, and I was like, what the, yeah, what, whoa! Like if you don't own that already, but you need to appealing. go to Barnes and Nobles to get it. How much? I, here's my question: yeah. How much of this is hipster bullshit? Actually, it's I've noticed it starting to turn a lot. Okay, and it was more of that, whereas people who were. It was uh, exclusi- exclusivity. I can't even say that word. But it was... Uh, I think it's exclusivity? Yeah, exclusivity. Thank right? you, thank you. No yes. problem. It was... Uh, I'll edit that together and make you sound amazing. <laughs> yeah. It was... Uh, 
it was uh you know it was like the, the the cool kid outsider kid club where you had records and everyone else is like you're a weirdo you got records why would you want that you right. know you know we have CDs or we have you know now we have I have 18 trillion songs on my iPod or whatever and that yep. was you know so the general population was like you were kind of shunned as like an outsider because like who cares about records why are you hunting this out just just get it wherever else right I've noticed a switch now and now I'm noticing that a lot of the younger kids coming in aren't hunting out the obscurity weird you know like hidden classic or like total underground band they want 70s rock and you know they're buying you know that's what they want i mean it's more it's definitely gone vinyl's broken so much more mainstream Mm -hmm. that it's not the you know you know the the typical hipster arty college type trying to be cutting edge it's just regular kids and Hmm. they're buying a lot of them are just buying you know they want Beatles, they want, you know, and now, I mean, I guess it's also generational, I have to understand, that, you know, now, bands like Sticks and Foreigner in Kansas, if you're 20 now, that's way before your time, that's, that's like old stuff. That's classic so rock. It's yeah. classic rock, which, yeah. you know, might be harder, you know, now I'm in my 40s, it just seems, you know, different, to, but I have to realize, like, hey, when I was in college in the 90s, you know, when I was college age in the 90s, you know, stuff that was out in, like, the 60s seemed old to me because it was before I was born, yep. you know? So yep, yep, yep. I just have to understand that, that it's just a total, it's a total generational thing. And now kids are getting into cassette tapes, which blows my mind. We sell tons of used cassettes, but... Do you? Yo, t- tons of... You get the right stuff on cassette, they just fly out of here. But it's, you know, you're again, you're 27, you never dealt with a cassette really. Maybe somebody had one, but I mean... You, you didn't, you, you know, you probably didn't have a car with a cassette deck in it if you're 20 years old. Sure. You know, you're, you're yeah, just, really. it's, it's different. It's just generational. Same way, like, I thought eight tracks were crazy when I was a kid because, you know, <laughs> right. you know, I never had an eight track player growing up. My parents didn't have an eight track player. When I, yeah. when I walked in and yeah. I set, I set my equipment down and the thing, the first thing I saw right here was Billy Joel, the stranger on eight track. Exactly. And I laughing exactly. Yeah. Because I was like, dude, somebody's going to buy that. Yeah. Even if, even, even if it's the hanging on the wall and, and, and to be ironic and laugh yeah. at it, still, that's pretty cool that there's a Billy Joel 8-track. I mean, what year What year was this thing made? It's got to be the end of the 70s, right? Got to be. I mean, 1977. Okay. Dude, this thing came out when I was two. There's value in listening to that. Mm-hmm. Just just the fact that it is as old as it is. This yeah. is this is. Yeah, I used to collect 8-tracks. I had like old. Elvis Costello, Sex Pistols, The Jam, Velvet Underground. I had all these cool like I had all these cool 8-tracks. And there was a time where like it's all I had in my house. Right. Which is weird because I have a record store, all these records. But I had all my records at the store. <coughs> and I'd go home and like I'm doing the dishes or something. And I'm going to listen to like, you know, you know, Armed Forces by Elvis Costello. But I got this like, you know, crappy 8-track player. And that's all I would play at home, you know, right. and, and I would seek out the, as crazy as it is, I mean, I'd have like the Dead Boys on 8-track, you know, just, right, just right, stuff right, that right. like, you're like, what, they made that on 8-track? But yeah, so it, it was just kind of weird because that's what I was doing and now people are doing cassettes. I heard Mark Marin say something on his podcast that, that struck me as interesting where he was like, I can spend, I can spend a lot of money on um, the tube amp uh, and everything for the vinyl collection and everything, but... I kind of don't want to go down that path. And I don't know what system the man has in his house. He's mm-hmm. Mark Marin, But he said, I want my speakers to kind of remind me of how it used to sound when I listened to records. It isn't about perfection. And I came up in the era of cassettes, dual cassette deck, boombox looking joint where you were, you know, you were editing your cassettes and mm-hmm. you don't want to go high speed because you lose a little bit of quality, but it's all magnetic tape. And we all like acclimated to hiss yeah and your your walkman as soon as you hit the play button you could hear the batteries pulling the motors and it was just noisy yeah yeah and then digital offered this like perfectly clean sterilized everything's perfect now and i i just feel like maybe we've just gone too far maybe that's run its course and it serves its purpose and yes it is cool for me to go hey you want to hear my band and i can shoot it to you but there's also something to be said for what's wrong with a little dirt on your vegetables you know what i mean like like yeah. just it's it's kind of nice to go back to the crackles and the pops and the organic it's, everybody is going like minimalistic and living out of a out of a box because they want everything to be digital and clean and it's just not it's not fun yeah not for music anyway because mm-hmm. i mean you know at the risk of sounding cheesy it's freaking rock and roll it's it's supposed to like have some stank on it you know what i mean yeah yeah totally
Um, okay, so another interesting thing that you brought up as we were setting up, Music Fest. Mm. The yes. biggest music blah, 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 in the whole blah, 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 blah. This, yeah. this thing is huge. Totally. Million every people. Year. Million people came. You, yeah. you said it's like your worst week. Worst week of the year. Can you tell me about that again? I mean, it's it kind of ba- it baffles me to some extent because there's a million music fans spending an entire week, or spanning a week, I should say, 15 minutes from the store. Yeah. And I understand that people go there to see music. They want to see live music. Right. And I understand that local people, maybe their time and time and money goes to Music Fest. Understood. You only have so much disposable time and income. But if there's a million people 15 minutes from here that are there to see music and are supposed to be into music, you think that there would be a little bit of, you know, overflow? A little bit. I mean, a little bit. 50 people mm-hmm. out of a million that yeah. are supposed to be into music that would that maybe would like seek out a record seek shop. out records maybe yeah. maybe but I guess I guess not because it's it's traditionally the worst week of the year. How does play it again though? I have no idea. I mean, Since I don't. They're I have, downtown. Yeah. They're right in. I talked to somebody years ago. I I forgot. I think they had a. There's like an instrument store. There used to be one nearby over there. I don't even know the name of it. But I talk, I don't know if it's someone who gave lessons there. So whatever it was, they would close down that week, and they're like blocks from Music Fest. And I said that's crazy. I said I figured like <laughs> you would go see, and maybe like a kid, like a seven year old, would go, and like they're there, and they see a band, and they're like, that's cool. I want to learn how to play guitar, or like whatever. They think it's like yeah. something. You know, you're a kid, and you see that, then you want to go do it. Right. You think a store like that would be like, hey. You know, we got this starter guitar set, you know, for like $100 or whatever. And the kid's like, I, you know, I want that. And then you, because they're, now they're like feel fired up because they got to see all these bands and stuff. And they said they closed down because it was always their worst of the week of the year, too. And that even blew my mind even more because they're right there, like in walking distance. So I, I don't, I mean, it's just, I guess people are just focused on what they're doing. They're just focused on Music Fest. That's it. Yeah. They're focused on what we were saying before. Yeah. By the time you get done buying four beers, and your aw shucks. Yeah, and your walking taco and, and your, your, and your everything your else. Ostrich sandwich and everything. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I don't have, I don't, yeah, I don't yeah. have room for vinyl. A bag in my of wallet. Fritos with slot piled into it. Yeah. And I assume, <laughs> yeah. have you ever looked into, I think I already know the answer. Yeah. I'm going to assume it's just way too expensive and diminishing returns. Have you ever looked into a double decker table down I ne- there? Or I, never even, I never even tried. It's yeah. probably. Yeah, and plus, I mean, I, I thought about <laughs> plus it hard. Plus a year's worth of rent for a week, right? Yeah, years ago <laughs> when it was, when I was selling tons of CDs, I thought about it because that would work, but. You know, oh, it's summertime. It's ninety degrees out. Carry this record around with you all day, and don't leave it in the sun, and don't put oh, it in yeah. your car all day. So, like, I understand that would be a little that would be a little tough. But yeah. CDs, yeah, you can. You Here, know, carry this big yeah. wax disc around with you. Yeah, exactly, all day, and especially after you had your seventeenth beer. You I know? Know, I've always <laughs> yeah. lobbied to move. I'd love to move Music Fest to like late September, October, or something, just so it yeah. isn't like around the time of the Celtic Classic, where it's like comfortable. Yeah, yeah, oh, that's true. The Celtic yeah, Celtic, yeah, but it's like it's, cripplingly yeah. hot. It's, well, yeah, it's, yeah, like you can't even enjoy it. Yes. Financially, you survived the the uh, you you acclimated. You did what you had to do. You kind of went CDs, and then you saw that the. I, I think I think now in listening to you, it kind of sounded like an early prediction that the CD that the you saw the CD writing on the wall. Yeah, got out. People said you were crazy. That usually means you're moving in the right direction. When when people who don't know what they're talking about tell yeah. you, you don't know what you're doing. But the shop is still open. It yeah. looks primarily vinyl now you said you're moving used cassettes and stuff but i mean yeah just... and there's used cds on the floor but they're i mean it's getting to the point with even used cds it's like I, you can't believe the stuff that we don't sell on cd like killer classic titles we'll have them blowing them out for a dollar and it's like i can't believe nobody bought this for a dollar like because they already have it 
Yeah, they either have it or they just don't care. Because, yeah. well, they either have it a physical copy or they just have it, they can just go listen to it anytime they, they want. So even it. just to buy a dollar, it's not even the money. It's like you, now you have to store this thing that you don't really want, right. you don't really need. Right. Because you just bought a new car and it doesn't even have a CD player in it. Can, yeah. you, can you talk to me about Record Store Day? Okay. I don't understand Record Store Day. You know what? I, I didn't do it the first year or so, maybe year or two. Okay. I have mixed feelings about it still. and So do I. Um, basically... They put out all these releases that are limited, and people line up to buy them. And the first couple years I did it, which would have been probably the th- – I might have started the third year. I'm not 100% sure. Mm-hmm. A lot of the people were buying stuff just to flip it on eBay because it would go for a lot of money the next day. You... And some people were here because they, they yeah. honestly love what they're buying, and they're waiting to get what they wanted. But a lot of people were here for flipping. Now, what has happened <clears throat> in the last few years, it's like it's not worth much afterwards. A lot of the stuff's worth worth less or worth less. Yeah, and right. it's so now I'm noticing like you know you're not getting the flippers, and you get the stuff the they cut the they raise the prices on a lot of stuff now, so the margins for the store are very slim. So you're ordering, I mean, I'm ordering tens of thousands of dollars worth of merchandise for one day, and it's not you're you're not selling enough of it to even break even on it. I mean, it's actually turning into a, like a losing proposition. I have a line out the door all day. We'll have, you know, hundreds of people in the store all day and you I'm, lost money. I'm losing money. And <sighs> it's and then I'm stuck with all this stuff you can't do anything with. And I'm like, oh, cool, I paid, you know, $27 for this album wholesale. And you look online and, and there's like a million of them up for like, you know, $10 less than I paid for it. And they're still sitting there. Nobody wants them. So interesting. It, it, it's a typical thing that, you know, a lot of record stores, I mean, not record stores, uh, the industry does over the years. They get something that's popular and good, and they beat it and to they death. they murder it. They yeah, beat exactly. it to death. Yeah. And they re- just, you know, instead of having like, you know what, do record store day. Put out like a concise amount of stuff, 50 items. Now it's like, well, I can't even remember the list was, 400 some last oh, year? It's, it's, it's I, just so insane. Like, and, and you if, don't, my, if my thumb gets tired scrolling down a list, I stop. It's nuts. I, I, and, and, it's too much information. Yeah, how much can <laughs> how much can a, a store? And then you try to pick and choose. And like, what sells half the time doesn't make sense. You know, why yeah. does everyone want like the reissue of this movie soundtrack? But this other band that's wildly popular, you can't give away. Dave Matthews Band, the one year, I could have ordered. I mean, I could have sold fifty or hundred copies of the one box set. The next year, the new X release came out. I think I sold two. No one wanted it. It's like, so how, how are you even supposed to order? And but then, but you can't return it either. You're stuck with it. Mm. So it's great for the record labels because they got a guaranteed sale. Sure, you buy it and now you eat it. You now know, whatever you're stuck with. Yeah, yeah, now it's yours. And I have mixed. I have mixed feelings about doing it in the future because right. the only thing that saved me last year is once it was over, we instantly sold a bunch of stuff on eBay, and I don't like doing that. But I had to get out from under. Yep. You know, my credit card bill was coming in. It's monstrous to order this stuff that it didn't sell here. Right. I saw the one thing that turned me off to it was um, I, I, I'm not I'm not big for standing in lines and I'd rather come in here when it's like three or four people. Hey man, what's going on? Rather than getting elbowed in the mouth. Mm-hmm. But the uh, Sunny Day Real Estate Circus Survive yeah, split. Yeah, I was like, okay, I'm a big Sunny Day fan. I want that. Mm-hmm. And I knew it was going to be a seven inch, so they're going to bump the price up. Worst case scenario, what's it going to be? Twelve bucks, maybe yeah. something like that. Mm-hmm. It was on eBay. A week before Record Store Day yeah. for $69. Which is another thing. Which And I was like, yeah. screw Record Store Day, because people know that they're going to get it. Mm-hmm. I hear one record store say, I don't know, we only got two. Like, you guys even. I'm like, yeah. what? Yeah, I want the new Mastodon record. Yeah. Did it come in yet? No, we didn't get it. I, I don't know. I'll let you know when it comes in. Yeah. Almost like you don't even know exactly when stuff is coming in sometimes, mm-hmm. which, as a consumer, I don't understand. Yeah. Can you explain that? Well, for I mean, for Record Store Day, there's only so much to go around. So the big thing is we order what we'd like to have. Okay, that's two yeah. different questions. Yeah, okay, yeah, right. yeah, yeah. One, record store day, you get what you get, mm-hmm. and yeah. there's a limited, limited amount and stuff. Totally. But, like, when, just for instance, coming in here to get the, the mass on our record, which I bought from you, actually, um, you were like, we didn't, we didn't get it yet. I don't, I don't know when it's coming in. I'll let you know. Yeah. As a, explain that to a consumer. Well, I don't actually, understand that. sometimes that's just, you know, whatever. They don't, there's not enough to go around. Right. And sometimes stuff gets delayed, and some stuff, sometimes it's honestly, like, you know, my fault. You know, like sure, okay. I didn't I didn't pre order it fa- I didn't pre order it early enough or you know, things fall through the cracks. So or sure. we don't know what day the actual shipment's gonna arrive, you know? Right. Yeah. And 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 the consumer should have some patience with it's not yeah, it's not in a exact science. And right. the thing that a lot of labels do and they've been doing it for a while and they're still doing it is they don't uh they do um C D releases now, they're doing them like a few weeks early. Right. And then and then the vinyl comes out later. So people are coming in like, Do you have the new this? And I'm like, I don't think it's out yet. They're like, Yeah, it is. 
And I'm like, I don't think it's out yet. And they're like, yeah, no, I know it's out. And then I go and look, and I'm like, nah, it doesn't come out. It happened, the, it happened yesterday. Someone was looking for the new Method Man record. And I'm like, are you sure it's out on vinyl? He's like, oh, yeah, you're totally out on vinyl. And I went, look, it comes out next week. But the CD came out last week, so that was only a week. But sometimes it's like two, three weeks or so right. that they, they do a lag. Because I think they're just hoping that somebody's so desperate to have a physical copy that they'll buy the CD... And then they'll and go buy, the and they'll buy the vinyl, so that way they can, you know, make some, you know, additional revenue because they're not selling many CDs. So they're just, just kind of hoping and praying that someone needs it so bad that they'll buy it twice, besides just downloading it. Jeez, yeah. it's crazy. Yeah. Wow. Yeah. This, this is. It sounds like it sounds like there's no map for this, and, and it's almost like they try something different every time. Yeah, they're just basically. I mean, that's the. I mean, yeah. The 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 record companies do have a, just a total history of just, you know. T- getting you know coming up with something good and then just just beating it to death. I mean, look what they did with CDs. Yeah. I mean, they come out, they have this great idea, so they can get you to buy the same you know Led Zeppelin record like the third third way. Now you got it the third time, fourth time. You've already bought you know you're old enough. You bought it vinyl. You bought it eight track. You bought a cassette. Now you got to buy it on CD. Right. Well, then instead of like when the CDs got to the point where it cost them like a you know quarter fifty cents to to actually manufacture a CD. You know, they're still they still have you know eighteen ninety eight list prices. I mean, they're just you know they're not, yeah. there's there's like you know reasonable profit. I understand it costs a lot to record and produce an album, but you're talking catalog pieces where you've made your money you know decades ago, Tenfold. and you're still just abusing. And then guess what? And then people don't feel any loyalty to you, and they're like, screw you, I'll just steal it offline. And then and that's and then, what's happening. Then yeah. they hit you with the remasters. Oh yeah, totally. And then they got to put in a box set. Right. And then they you know here's the you know the special you know. This is the way it was supposed to sound all of a sudden. Now, yeah. 40 years later, it's supposed to sound this way. Not, bought, not the way you've been listening to it for all these years. <laughs> you yeah. bought the bad one. Now yeah, yeah. Right, this right, is the right. way Jimmy Page wants to have you hear it, you know, hear <laughs> right. it sound. Yeah. So the, um, I, I remember uh, sometimes you can read the whole, like, uh, um, the remaster. We got this guy. We called this guy in. He's been known for this album and this album and this album, and that's why we're having him remaster. And he talked to Jimmy Page's uh, niece who gave him right that. And then there's other times where it's just here. These are remastered, and you know that they just ran it through an auto, totally. and the thing cooked, and the other end came out. And yeah, here, buy it, it for nineteen bucks. Yeah, yeah. And yeah, I don't want to do that. Yeah. And I and you know what? I can get it for free, or this dude has it, and I can just put it in my computer and rip it. And now mm-hmm. I have it now too. It's just I've done it. <laughs> yeah. I just don't want to do it anymore. Yeah. You know. Okay. What does the uh, what does the future hold for? I don't. I don't want to ask. Like, what's your next plan? I know it's just get up and come to work again. Yeah. But w- yeah. w- where, <laughs> yeah. where where do you see the, the direction going with like like all the acclamations that you've made, and now you're even surprised that you're ripping through used cassettes and stuff. What's what's like the next move? What do you what do you what do you see shifting that you're kind of preparing for, or do you wish you could and can't figure out how to, or you know what I mean? It's kind of in a an interesting area right now because i mean the right used vinyl sells instantly anymore it's not it's just there's certain artists that like you know if i if i could get you know a box full of rush and pink floyd and led zeppelin records every single week we'd sell every single one of them (laughs) i mean that's the used ones i mean it's just that easy with certain artists but Besides that, a lot of other things aren't selling that well. It's like there's a very there's a very thin, you know, top tier number of records that sell. I mean, all day long, almost unlimited. But then there's so much other stuff that just it isn't being picked up anymore, especially new releases. I'm noticing new releases now. They're getting priced. They're, the prices have gone up. I mean, yeah. most most new records. I mean, we sell our stuff as affordably as can as we can here. I yeah, mean, you do. most of our new releases we make about four dollars on, give or take, maybe four fifty. That's it. I mean if if you see a record here and it's it's twenty four ninety eight, it was probably tw- it should be twenty dollars and change for us to get it. So I mean we're not making a lot of money on the new releases. Sure. And we're noticing that like I've noticed lately here it's I think it's just they're pressing so many new releases and so many reissues that they're pricing people out. I mean, you want to go to the record store and you want to buy four new records? That's a hundred dollars. Yeah. I mean, unless you're buying like indie stuff, you know, it's it could be a hundred dollars to pick up four or five new records easily or yeah. more. And it takes away the kind of takes away the fun when you just you know you're like, man, that was a lot of money. Mm-hmm. That was a lot of money to buy a few things, and that's why used stuff sells so well because uh, you know you, you can get a used you know you come in here buy a used Van Halen record, Stone Mint might be five dollars. Yeah. But yeah. then they reissue it, and I forgot what it is, twenty four dollars. 
for the Van. H- so it's like it's yeah. it's hard to justify just spending so much for for a reissue. So I de- I definitely noticed that like I think the new stuff is it's just getting it's getting over it's getting overblown because you can only you only have so much money to buy yep. to buy the stuff and especially you know records you've heard a million times already. Do you need to make that? You know, twenty plus dollar investment on that record that you right. you already know by heart. Do you want it? Do you want it? You want another version of it? So yeah. because this is getting more popular, you can see it kind of starting towards getting beat to death in certain areas. Yeah, because I mean they're they're reissuing everything. I mean, and it's hard because I you know I order the stuff and I'm like, do I need to order the Sticks catalog? I mean, I'm really torn because I'll sell some of it because some people want it, but it's like, man, you know, who wants a twenty four dollar Sticks record? <laughs> but they sell to a point, and that's the thing. some people no just kidding? want it because they're. They, they want them because they're new and they're perfect and whatever, but but don't you have sticks sitting in your fifty cent room for 50 no cents? not like we used to you already tore through them because they sell really like you know like we were going back to the, what I was saying earlier about right. what classic rock is now right if you're twenty you know what I mean born in ninety five it's crazy to say I know Pearl Jam is classic rock now so that stuff's <laughs> twenty years before you're born right so right, like right, you know right. something you know Kansas record like that's that's like that's like your grandfather's music. I mean, it blows your mind, you know? So it, it's, uh, yeah. Wow. Yeah, I don't know. It's a... Uh... What, surpri- what isn't selling that is surprising you? Like, um, like what's, what, not like one title, but maybe, yeah. maybe even like a genre. Like a just, genre? You just um, feel like, oh my God, here, why it, isn't this moving? For what's crazy for me anymore is this store was basically started as like a punk, indie, hardcore shop, whatever. And the sales of that is just has plummeted in the last few years. It's it's crazy because that's not even though we still stock a ton of it and we have more than any shop I can think of anywhere. The sales are not don't I mean there's not there's there's no, hardly anything in that genre where I'd be like oh something new's coming out let me get five copies of that. It almost never happens anymore. Really, and that's crazy. Where I I can sell more I can sell more you know rush reissues way more than like almost any new punk release. It's just fallen that much. And I think a lot of that has to do with all the punk and indie labels are guilty of they sell direct. They all do mail order and they do limited colored vinyl. Hmm. And so the average person buying it, they're collecting it too because they don't need to have the record per se. They want to have it. So they want the rarest version possible. So whatever label, they already made the uh, 300 copies for advanced mail order I think that I you would get. Yeah. Okay. And so everyone ordered it. And by the time I get it, which is sometimes weeks later that it actually comes out available to a store. Right. You, they already got the demand. Like, yeah, I already have that. Yeah, oh, yeah, I got the uh, I got the splatter vinyl version like two <laughs> months ago with the free patch and the T-shirt and everything else. And, yeah, yeah. And yeah. then they're like, yeah, that's cool. I don't want it. Right. And that's and I'm noticing that happening a lot here. It's pretty rare that anything, anything underground sells you know, quantity anywhere near like it used to. It's crazy. Hmm. There's there's very I, I there's very few releases I can think of that you know from the the indie realm that we've new releases in the past year that we've sold more than ten of. I could, you know, yeah, 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 yeah. That's the, like I mean, the only one. yeah, there's, there's oh, a, well, yeah, there's a couple of local bands like Piss Jeans. Like, their, yeah. their stuff still sells well. They're local. But even there, like, yeah, right. as popular as they are, I mean, the first record, I mean, my, my initial order of their first LP on vinyl was 100 copies, and we blew through them all. And then the next <laughs> album was, like, 50. And then the last one, I think I got 25. And it took a while to sell. Because yeah. as popular as they still are, it's just people don't need it. It's, right. it's, they, do they want it? Yeah. Okay. Okay. Yeah. Never thought of that before. Yeah. Never looked at it that way. That's interesting. <laughs> you guys have anything to put in? You, you, Chris, you've worked here for a long time, haven't you? Ray's worked here longer. longer yeah. Ray, you've worked here longer? Yeah, I've been here for almost... How long now? God. Full Five, time? Four years, probably? Four years filling in. Okay. Yeah, get over yeah. the mic. Yeah. Who are I'm, you? I'm Ray Gers. Uh, I'm Jamie's uh, slave to the store when yeah. he had to go to record shows, so... Okay. I've, been, I've been filling in since, I don't know, it's been close to 10 years filling in, but then the last four years I've been full-time. So, okay. Yeah. All right. Um, Is he a good guy to work for? Yeah. He seems terrible. No. Are you kidding me? <laughs> He's awful. He's like the sickest. Who wouldn't want to work with their friend that uh, lets them practice in the basement, brings Marianne Donuts, and... Uh, no, I brought the Marianne oh, oh, Sorry, Chris yeah. brought Marianne Donuts. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Jamie pointed. Uh, but no, he lets me practice in the store for free for years. He helped put out Carpenter Ant Records out of his own money. Yeah. Uh, he's we, supported so much of the scene. We yeah. didn't even talk about Fo. Yeah. yeah. Your involvement with that. I what are you doing to that donut? I'm, uh, get, I'm preparing it for, uh, for consumption. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. 
but no, he's been super good. So it's like, it's the job's all about like just having a good time and selling records. So I mean, that's what we've been doing forever. I think yeah. that's why like so many people come back here. Yeah. And that you actually give them attention when they come to the door. You yes. Know what I mean? Agreed. Say hello. Say what's up. Uh, don't small talk them to death, but actually say cool. what's going on. So, right. Yeah. I don't know. I've spoken about the shop before on a couple other uh, a couple couple other episodes where. Um, I, the stereo that I have is from you guys. I came in here to buy a better amp for my turntable, uh, right before vacation. So I happened to have cash because yeah, I was yeah. going to go to the beach and buy stupid stuff I don't need. And I walked in and, uh, I, they were like, we just got this from a guy. It was a stereo from 94. It's a whole, the whole system. And I was like, I, I want, I'll take the whole thing. Cause I wanted to listen to music the way I used to. Yeah, yeah. I already have the digital thing. It's in my pocket and it sounds like what it is, but Hey, I know what your needs are, and I have this, and and then I was saying how Chris uh, took me downstairs to the basement to look for the cords that I didn't have because I I bought it as is and it didn't have the right cables. And we went downstairs into the graveyard, and and he was like, "Oh, dude, look! I always look for this plug," and and I was like, I, "I I have to tell people that 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 these stores still exist. Yeah, how many stories are out there? Of people? Sorry, dude, can't help you. Yeah." Or they don't even time. say anything. I don't know. It's not my been, apartment. Yeah, yeah. yeah I'll, I'll call my manager. They're, only, they're not here. <laughs> I've been to so many stores, even in the Midwest, on trips, and they don't even say hello. They There's no communication. Yeah. You try and ask to, like, do you even have a listening station? I can check. No. I'm like, okay. Like, yeah. So after traveling, I know of Jamie's traveled to many stores and also just being in the record business for so long. You really realize how to, like, what to interact and get people to come back to you. I mean... Even people still follow him around asking him, like, yo, are you setting up today at this record show? And he hasn't done that in years. You right. know what I mean? But right. it's just the attitudes. And like I said, we run it pretty loose around here unless, like, you really tweak tweak buttons. But, right. And, like, pick, pick at scabs. We'll, like, totally yell. But <laughs> otherwise, it's, like, totally fun. Right. And, yeah, why wouldn't you want to treat – I want to be treated awesome when I go into the store. So I just do that to everyone here. I was, I was telling him before, while we were getting set up and I was feeding back and setting everything up wrong – I was telling him how, um, man, I've been coming to shows for decades. I've seen him at shows, been to your band show. I just saw you guys at the Caddy Club, uh, whenever that was. Okay, yeah. And um, I've never one time seen him at a show. Dude's too busy doing this. Yeah. This is like, I mean, you know he's kind of I mean? retired. Jamie has, <laughs> he's established he is retired from that. Right. But uh, he has been to a few shows in the last few years, but it's just like when you're in a back room and you're just pricing records for eight hours plus and you're probably even pricing before everyone else like even we get in here at 11 it's a long day so it's like i don't know how i do it i think because i like maybe squeeze in a nap and chug a coffee and then i'm like okay i think i got some energy to go to a show but yeah jamie's just yeah can't do it he's just trying to make stuff happen and for years ago he used to always book shows especially at like you know he's telling me about that yeah, yeah i mean so it's like he's done his part you know and He'll still come out for something, you know what I mean? But like I said, it's, it's like a Sasquatch like... sighting. No, yeah, yeah, yeah. Very rare. Yeah. Oh, I mean, like he came out to the... <laughs> yeah, I'm the, sorry. You were at the... Was Harry just Sasquatch. Tile record release show you were at. You remember? You and Metal Dave. I think you guys were at that one. Yeah, that's been two years. Yeah. yeah. But I mean, it's been like he does make his way to an attempt. But it's just... That's what I'm there for. Because when I go to shows, I'm always like... People are always like, yo, how's the record store? And I'm like, this came in or this came in and... Just come in. Just come in the shop and just kick it with yeah. us. Just, that would drive me crazy because yeah. I would always get that. I'd yeah. see someone somewhere, how's the shop doing? I'm like, well, I don't know. You can come over and check it out yourself. Yeah, come you know? buy yeah, a freaking record. Just, and, yeah. just come on yeah. in and take a peek instead yeah. of uh, yeah. asking me. You know? Yeah, right. Yeah, yeah. It's not like we're like twisting your wrist and saying you have to buy something when you come in. Just come in and hang out. Say what's up. I mean, yeah. I, I mean, you will find something for 50 cents. You know what I mean? Like at least you'll yeah. get something. So. I've already walked out of yeah. here out of that 50 cent room and practically needed help carrying it all to the car. Yeah. The bulk of, I don't have a big record collection, but the bulk that I have was his 50 cent room because, oh my God, oh my God. Yeah. Oh, I don't even know what that is, but it's 50, it's 50 cents. You know yeah. what I mean? How do you, how do you not take a chance on it? Chris, what's your story, man? Oh, I don't Thanks, have Ray. a story really. I mean, you know, yes, you I was do. just going to interject that like, my, you know, I've been here about two years now and. It's funny because when I tell on a totally different subject, when I tell people that I work at a record store, they're like, you know, people that aren't acclimated, you know, to to records, you know, the comeback that they've made. They're like, oh, wow, you still yeah. people still buy records. And I'm like, <laughs> yeah, it's, it's getting bigger. They've always bought records. Yeah. But, you know, I think a lot of people still haven't been 
I, I was know, asking him before you got here, right, how much of this is hipster trendy bullshit? Because it seems to be riding a wave of now it's starting to get too popular, and now he's got 400 releases to deal with on Record Store Day, and it is almost kind of a, you know, like you got that one kid that almost carries it around to the coffee shop to show people, hey, look, I buy records. Oh, yeah, you know ab- So, hey, sell them records, whatever. The and that's what's bounce. sad about, I think, right. you know, like like Jamie, I'm sure, mentioned earlier, you know, some of the major labels uh, see that. Yeah. They, they see that, and they're using it just as the commodity they used it in in the 70s and 80s. They're yep. like, ooh, this is popular again. Let's give the people what they want, and we'll, you know, twist the... You know, twist yeah. the vice on them too, as far as yeah, some of that goes. But it's you know, I, I joke sometimes with him. I'm like, you know, I wonder if this is gonna keep going up and up and up, which would be amazing. Kind of the way CDs went, you know, in the the mid to late '90s, mm-hmm. especially with the remasters and all that. Or two years from now, all the records that you've sold in the last five years, are you gonna see them all come back? Mm-hmm. You know, like, oh, I don't want these anymore. So it's, I'm wondering if it's going to be, you know, but yeah, I went as, through as I, far as this is one of the best jobs I've ever had. I right came on. in here. I used to, I delivered pizza for a long, long time, actually full time. I've had other jobs in between there, but I came in and Jamie's like, Hey, you want a job? And I was like, yeah, man. Yeah. <laughs> That's awesome. That was easy. Yeah, that was easy. <laughs> yeah. So are you required to bring donuts though? Uh, no, I just do it. It's like it in the contract, the, you know, keep, keeps the troops happy. Nice. Nice. Right on. Yeah, I mean, I begged for eight years to work here and they finally <laughs> hired me. Eight years, eight years, every year being like, yeah, I think you need some help. And he wouldn't do it. He's like, nah, it's cool. I'm like, okay. And then two years go by, three, four, five. And then it got to a point where uh, I said, yeah, man, I'm barely getting hours at my other job. He's like, oh, my God, have you been to the store? I really need some help. So I was like, oh, yeah, uh, perfect. I mean, that's basically why Chris joined. Too, I was I was like, coming yeah. in since the beginning. You know, I was a customer here since, you know, across the street. It's one of the greatest stores anywhere. And I would yep. come in here once a week and see Ray and Jamie, and they looked like they hadn't slept in two days, and the store would be packed. <laughs> so I got hired one day a week, and then, you know, he was like, man, it'd be really cool if you could be here more. So the gears started churning. And I was like, I think I'd like to do this. Yeah. So here I am. I'm here anyway. Yeah, you might exactly. as well pay me. I'm here anyway. Yeah. It was just hanging around, so I gave him a job. Right, right, right. <laughs> so how many employees are there? This is it. This is the whole crew. This is it. This is everybody. There's no part-time people or anything? Nope. All right. Yeah. Gotcha. This is it. Yep. Anything else? I don't want to take up any more of your time. You guys have a record store to, to run, but apparently not today. Yeah. Yeah. Well. <laughs> no, uh, yeah, I don't know. Good. Closing thoughts? Anything? Closing thoughts. Closing uh, thoughts. Talk about search and all that stuff. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Pricing the records. Yeah, we kind of gave the brief history in the beginning and all yeah. that stuff. I did. I did a. Um, Mid to late '90s. I'm going to start buying seven inches because this is cool, and I, I started getting into a. My first. I'm kind of a dunce. So my first, my, <laughs> I was finally able to see the variety with the internet and eBay. Yeah. Oh, Hot Water Music has 19 Ooh. different singles yeah, yeah. and they're different colors. Why are they different colors? Oh, okay. So then instead of like just combing through page after page after page, I just walked into Double Decker and I was like, oh, here, here it is. It's yeah, I'm holding it. I'll buy it. Yeah. And then I went through that phase, started to build a record collection, and then the digital thing hit me, and I was like, "This." I started giving my records to people because I was like, "I'm never going to listen to this, dude. I don't even have a record player right now." And then, like, about about five years ago, I started being like, "I kind of miss doing that, though. It was it's the it's the tangible. I want I want it. I want it in my hands. I want to own. You know, the artwork is that's the biggest piece of artwork you're going to get for an album. It's a square foot, as yeah. opposed to you know, I have. Hang on, I have the artwork right here, and it's like this little tiny postage stamp on my phone." I mean, in my, you know, in my opinion, I always thought, you know, it's cool to have, you know, this was probably, you know, how when the early to mid 2000s, when iPods came out and the whole digital thing really took off, I, I think people, you know, were like, ooh, I can collect so much music and have it on this little thing in my pocket, which is pretty amazing. Yeah. But on the other hand, I always liked, you know, I think it's coming back to, you guys talked earlier about, you know, almost minimalism where you pick up a record and there's something to be said about sitting and, you know, people's attention spans, I think, were yep. lowered when the digital thing came around because you put on a record and you listen to 
one side yeah. and then you flip it over yep. and that's a whole composition of music yep instead of jumping around and you know being barraged with yes. 5000 songs in one day i said it earlier option paralysis exactly i have exactly. 700 songs in my in my pocket right, right now right. where am i starting i don't, I don't know I, you yeah. know it's too much so that's my opinion anyway. I agree. I'm sure people would differ with me on that, but there's something to be said about actually listening to one piece of music at a time. And it, right. I think it makes you you know, makes you appreciate it a little bit more. I agree. Yeah. When you when you're listening to um when you're comparing music with your friends, hey, check this out, and you play the first thirty seconds, and then they play the next thirty oh, okay, I'm gonna one up you and everything. And and the the, 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 the the it sounds cheesy, but the magic of sitting down and like this this record is having this moment. Right. It requires a little bit of labor yeah. to put it on, spin the you know, platter and plate and all that, yeah. as opposed to bang, 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 bang. and you right. just we're losing we're losing it. I think so, and yeah. It's the whole reason I'm here talking to uh to Jamie. And it's I think it's coming back to, you know, like it, people wanna get back to the, the basics. I mean not you know, no pun intended, but right. you know, you just throw on a record and sometimes people make a point to yeah, listen to things not. too closely. Like they sit and they listen to it. Right. But sometimes it's better to just hear things. Yeah. Because you'll hear, you know, I, I do that all the time. I'll hear something. I'm like, what is this? This yeah, is amazing. Probably. Right. And, it's, you know, it's the new so-and-so. I'm like, oh, That's wait, I had this and I sold it because I didn't have the attention span to listen to it. We can pull know? that into the podcasting era uh, here with this. I can go through and edit out all the ums and the uhs and the bells and the door opening and stuff like that the real conversation that's happening now has background noise it has grit it right. has pops it exactly has, and and the natural flow of it if i go through and i sterilize everything and make it sound perfect it's going to sound too robotic too sterile not fun to listen to mm -hmm. it's the same thing and it's not the same thing right and that's the whole reason we're talking about it so anyway hey i just want to say goodbye to you so do you need me to get on the mic there? just say yeah just uh thanks for your time starting to pick up the shop is open yes that just, box of the records still looking at now. just brought in a pickup yeah, truck yeah, with yeah. the records exactly exactly you stuff to so do. get back to work yeah. but thanks for uh thanks for your time yeah no problem I and appreciate um it. what do you want to what do you want to play i can i can edit in some music here and there and everything what's what's going through your head right now look at that right now the sounds of silence i don't know yeah, <laughs> yeah no no i don't know no i'm kidding it's quiet right now yeah no i have no idea uh i don't know electric tom yeah oh yeah the electric tommy soundtrack drive everyone insane you should look that up sometime. It, it, you can. Uh, I will. Seriously, it makes you want to jump off a roof. Perfect. I'll play that. It's a Tommy soundtrack done on a Moog. You know, so it's all like synthesized. It's as bad as you can imagine. Sounds terrible. It is. Beetles barking. Beetle Beetle barkers. You ever hear them? No. That That's when we want to clear the store. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Great. It's dogs barking beetle songs. Yeah. But synthesized dogs. This This might wind up being the worst music selection for a podcast episode. Yeah. It's that bad. Great. Yeah. Perfect. <laughs> Thanks, everybody. <laughs> No, 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 no. That ain't how we going out. Not this week, as the story growers. Not with dogs barking beetles music. That's utterly terrible. Thank you, Jamie, for the recommendation. Um, thanks all the guys at Double Decker Records. Ray and Chris, you guys are all great. Um, but we ain't gonna end the show like that. That's terrible. Uh, I am on the end of this episode to remind you that Nate Allen of Nate Allen and the Packaway Dots, friend of the show, is coming out with a new record called Take Out the Trash. It's coming out on September 18th. Uh, I'm going to put a link to IamNateAllen.com in the show notes. There's going to be a link to his Huffington Post album review in there too. Uh, it's pretty good stuff. Friend of the show. He came on and did a, a chapter with me and Jesse back before we became as the story grows, back when we were the Black Vinyl Collective. And he was rad. I bought a mason jar, jug, glass, cup, whatever off of him. I drink my iced tea out of it every day. He's a good dude. He asked me to say a little something about his album. And he also gave me a song. I'm uh, going to play a little West Side Blues from Nate Allen and the Packaway Dots. Take it away, Nate. West Side Blues are far from the southern hills The northwest winds are coming and give me chills When the sun it shines When the sun it shines When the sun it shines For all the wrong reasons For all the wrong reasons 